from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. And before we get into our ball screens, I got to give a Huge shout out to one of our CoachesEdge.coach members, Sandusky Varsity Basketball Coach Al DeMont. This past week, he just became the winningest girls basketball coach in Michigan high school history. That's right. He's number one. No one has won more basketball games as a varsity girls basketball coach in the state of Michigan than Coach Al DeMont. I mean, the word GOAT is thrown around uh, way too Easily, but if you put his name and go in the same sentence, people aren't going to argue with you. I mean, every time Coach DeMott joins one of our Coach's Edge uh, members meetings, when he speaks, people listen. When he speaks, I am, I remember, we are taking notes. I mean, this guy is just a guru, an expert, any, and even on top of all the basketball accomplishments that this person has, he's even a better person. I mean, so congratulations to Coach DeMont of uh, Sandusky High School. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment and, um, you know, one to be very, very proud of. And uh, obviously a record that's tough to beat. No one has won more games. Unbelievable accomplishment for Coach DeMott and Sandusky. So well done. On this episode, I wanted to give you an idea of some of the things that we talked about in our Coach's Coach members meeting not too long ago is we did a presentation. I did a presentation on ball screens. We had some good discussion and we talked about how we can better set up ball screens. This wasn't so much of a strategy as much as it was how we can individually from a player development IQ and then a teaching standpoint, instruct our players in how to use ball screens more effectively. You know, I've taken a deep dive on YouTube and seen a ton of things as far as systems and continuity and motions and ball screen offense and quick hitters. There's a ton of great stuff out there, but I think we need more teaching to our individual players of how they can set up a ball screen as a ball handler, as a screener, and what are some of the things that they need to look for. And so that was me giving a 45 minute presentation using PowerPoint, fast draw, uh, video review, and I always like to give our listeners just a sneak peek at some of the cool stuff we do when it comes to our membership at coachesedge.coach. So I just want to hit on a couple of things that I thought were valuable and uh, can be beneficial for you. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to running ball screens is the setup. You know, everybody talks about preparation and, you know, preparation makes a great shooter. Preparation makes a great team. Preparation also allows you to execute the ball screen more effectively. And so as a, as a ball handler, these three things I got from Chris Mack. We want to create separation before we come off the ball screen. <clears throat> Two, we want to make sure if it's, it's more of a wing sideline ball screen, we're not getting too close to the sideline. We don't want to get pinned on the sideline. And then three, we need to make sure our defender is getting to the level of the screen. Otherwise, what's the point? So those are three 
solid keys to think about from a ball handling perspective. And I'll take a deep dive on how we can create some of those uh, spacing options in a little bit. That was a big part of our presentation. And then the screener aspect is just as vital. So do, does our screener understand what's the location of the screen and what's the angle of the screen that we're trying to be in? Do they understand the strengths and weaknesses of the ball handler and the situation? And then can we create space as we set that screen? So can we be quick enough to get there? Let's say you're coming from the block to the wing. Are you walking up? And so then the screener's defender walks up and there, there's not a gap that you've created to set that screen. Sprint up to that screen and then get solid, get strong. But if we can have our ball handler use that screen and the screener has done a nice job of creating some space because they were you know, changing speed or being quick to get there, maybe even a bump on the screener's defender and then they sprint up to set the screen. Those can be some great tools to help us set up and then execute the ball screen a little bit easier. Now, <clears throat> a couple of things from a body position standpoint, because again, that goes into our setup. You know, I, I like to think a lot of things from a footwork standpoint. So if I'm coming off of a screen and say I'm going to my left, my bottom foot would be my right foot and my screener's top foot would be their right foot. So as my right foot below their right foot, almost as if I'm coming off that screen, I'm running right into my teammate. And then on that last step, as my left foot comes outside of my defender's frame, now I'm getting out of the way of my own teammate. And that's a that's much easier in my mind and, and from a teaching standpoint than telling our kids, hey, you got to come tight off the screen. Got to come tight off the screen. Because when we do that, kids will line themselves up, you know, kind of their shoulder to their uh, teammate's shoulder. Well, if that defender jumps that gap, before you get there, they've totally blown up the screen. And so if I can take myself and get a little bit lower before I come off the screen, now I'm taking that option away from my defensive player, right? And so if they're trying to bump in front of that, it makes it so much easier for me to reject the screen. We'll go into our screen reads in a little bit as well, okay? And I'm taking some of that space away. If they do try to bump me off, a little bit as I'm coming off the screen, they're actually bumping me to a spot that I want to get to anyway, because I'm not going to run into my teammate setting the screen, but I am going to come off that tight. So um, that gets into a lot of our common mistakes, right? There's too much space a lot of times in between the ball handler and the screener. And I just think a lot of ball screens are ineffective and we can get a little too casual. And it's something that is highly effective when used properly. We all know that because we see ball screens all the time, you know, at the higher levels. <clears throat> A possession, excuse me, breaks down. And what do we see? Okay, we'll, we'll kind of go, you know, three flat. We'll bring somebody up, set a ball screen, and we try to isolate, see if we can get a switch, pick and pop, whatever that might be. So th those are pretty, those are pretty common. One other mistake I see, and this is a little more at the high school and below levels, is sometimes our ball handler gets too far below the screen. And so they actually have to go away from the basket and then try to come off the screen and then get downhill again. And so Again, the point as a ball handler is I want to get my defender to either get hit by that screen or to think about going under, but I myself don't need to get underneath my screener, right? And so that can take a lot of time, energy, and that's a common mistake we'll see 
at the younger levels is they're getting too low as they come off the screen. I just want to get that one foot below my screener, boom, and then I'm going to hit it. Now, <clears throat> how can we set up the screen? We talked about creating separation. So how do we create separation as a ball handler before we come off of a ball screen? We can get into more of a face-up position. We can um, really be effective there because we have the ability to reject the screen. We're facing downhill, right? So we're shifty. And so these are generally your dribble moves that allow, that make the defensive player have to respect your handle, your ability to go right or left, your ability to just go right up and, and pull a jump shot if they were to really back off. And because you're shifty, you're facing downhill, you're facing that defender, you can go either way. They're generally going to back off and give you a little bit of space. That space is what we're trying to get to before we come off of the ball screen. So being able to use general separational dribble moves, crossovers, in and out, jab steps to create space and then hit the gas on the, the ball screen is really good. Another way that we can do that is with a body dribble setup, all right? So that's more of a close stance. It's a defender body ball position where we're able to bump a defensive player down into a location, bump, 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 and then we can come off the screen. And obviously we still want to create space off that. So it's usually just a little body dribble. When I say a body dribble where we're taking that dribble and we're using our body. So it's foot, hip, kind of shoulder bump into our defender to help them create the space. And, you know, what I tell some kids that are real high level high school players are getting denied a lot and things like that. It's not like you're going to get a ton of space. You're not going to be wide open in a game because you're a really good player. But if you can get your defensive player even back on their heels a little bit, that's going to give you some time and space to be able to create separation. Okay. And then we'll talk about how we can combo that a little bit into a body setup and separation setup uh, even more so in uh, a minute. But going back to the, the separation, your ability to create space and reject the screen is vital, I think, for any great uh, ball, ball handler. Because if they know you're not going to reject the screen and you're coming off of it, Everything else just got easier for the defensive team. We need to be a threat to go either way. Okay. So that's, that's really huge. And if we do create enough separation off of the ball screen, it gives us options on how we come off the ball screen. You could run off of it quick. You could also go slower and you could also get into a lateral shuffle. And you see that a lot of times where you're looking to just pull it right away. So it's kind of that, uh, upright slide. It's a little bit of that turn or in and out dribble when my defensive player is low. And I can just shuffle. I'm still facing downhill. I'm facing the basket. My defender goes under and I have space. Boom. I can get behind or just outside of that, that screener and pull the jump shot. And then because I'm already facing downhill, it's still easy for me to hit the gas once I get to the other side of the screen and get into a drive uh, if, if that's the situation that best suits our team. So being able to create separation allows for you to have different options coming off of the screen, not just running off of it. You can go slower, you can go into a shuffle, and those are super beneficial, especially depending on your strengths and weaknesses as a player. So we'll talk about that too. Or we can get into more of the body setup, as I talked about <clears throat> already. You know, some of the pros of that, it's easier to protect the ball. You're not facing the defensive player, right? You got your body making contact, the defender body ball position, which is good to protect. And then we're already facing the direction of the screen. So it does make it easy for us to come off in that direction. It's a little bit harder to reject. And that's where we can get into a, 
uh, a body dribble, and then you square them back up again before you come off the screen. We call that a stick and square. So you just stick them, and then you square your hips back up to the hoop, and then you can go off the screen or you can reject it and turn it. You're facing downhill. You can become a good passer that way. And so that's pretty good as well. But we talk about feel and sight. And as a, as a basketball player, you want to be able to see your defender or feel your defender. And so what I mean by that is if I can see where everybody is at, it's not quite as important for me to feel them because I can already see them. But if I cannot see the defender, I better be able to feel where they're at, right? Because I still need to know where they are. Where do you get in trouble? You can't feel your defender. You can't see your defender. You know, they're going to sneak up behind you. They're, they're going to get to a spot unexpectedly. You didn't know they were coming on a trap. And so it's very important as a basketball player that we can see our defender or feel our defender and being able to use a separation setup or a body dribble setup can allow us to do one or the other or both when we're coming off of uh, a ball screen. So the the combo of that is a stick and square move where you're getting your body into a close stance and then you quick open up, hip swivel, and then you're facing your defensive player again. And coaches and trainers, they'll, they'll call it different things. I don't care what you call it. But the point is we're getting our body into a defensive player and then we open our hips back up facing up our defender that gives us a, a good position to pass drive shoot come off the screen reject the screen and change direction and so that's something that we practice a ton as far as ball handling footwork that's one of the most common pieces of footwork that we use because it's great for ball screens it's great for avoiding a five second call it's great for protecting the basketball it's um, great for being able to throw off the timing of the defensive player create new space and being able to change direction again if somebody's getting really really tight just a lot of really good really good benefits to it, allowing us to be able to bump that that defensive player away. It also gives us a little bit more time, right? It gives us a little time where we're in a more of a protecting position and we can bump that defensive player and then get into a square up position. Um, it, it's a good to give us that little extra second and, and make a read if, if that's what we need. Now, neither one of these are better or worse. You know, if you think about, well, which one should I be using? Yeah, it just depends. It just depends on the situation. depends what you're most comfortable with. It depends on how much time you have coming off the screen. It also depends on your skill set and body type. You know, if you think of Magic Johnson, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Penny Hardaway, Ben Simmons, they'll use a lot of that body dribble setup. They'll kind of back their defensive player into a spot before they come off the screen. If you think of a player like uh, a Steph Curry or a Kyrie Irving or a Steve Nash, they're more likely to use all of these variations. But because they're so shifty off of the dribble, you'll see them creating space a lot of times that allows them to reject the screen easier. And because they're not bigger or they don't have a bigger lower body, especially, like you don't necessarily have to be tall to do the body dribble setup, but a lot of times you have like a thicker lower body, it's easy to bump with. Not to say a person like Steve Nash or Kyrie Irving doesn't do those things, but you'll see them a lot of times because of their, their quickness and their handle, they're creating space off of a ball screen before they come off the ball screen facing up, right? That quick kind of twitchy change of speed type movement. So jitterbug type movements are, are very effective. So those are some of the ways that we can set up ball screens 
And then once we understand some of the, the ways we can set it up, how are we teaching our kids to make the correct reads, right? And so that's how we'll, we'll finish out this quick, um, you know, podcast episode here is as a ball handler, there's, you know, 212 ways to come off and use a, a ball screen and counting, you know, um, but realistically, if we're a high school basketball coach, are there a few things that we can teach our kids in progression to make their decision-making easier? That's what we want, right? And so number one, do you have the ability to reject a ball screen? And if you have the ability to reject a ball screen, that keeps the defense honest. So that's number one. Number two for me is can you shoot it off the ball screen? This could be based on your skill set. So maybe your your next read off of the ball screen is, hey, we're attacking off of the ball screen. For me and the players that I work with, if, if we work with you long enough, I feel very confident in your ability to shoot the rock. That's something we're going to concentrate on. And if you got space to pull it, I want you to pull it. So the third read for me would then be to attack and get downhill. Let's say a defender's in, you know, more of a drop coverage. They're trying to to fight over top of that screen. And so if you can come off that screen and, and get downhill and attack that big, that's something we want to do. Let's say it's more of soft help. And so that that defensive player on the screen is, is a little bit higher. They're not letting you turn the corner off of that ball screen. That's okay. We can still attack it, but we can't attack it so much straight line. Can we get around that player? Okay, so that's number four. So we got reject. We got shoot, we got attack, and then can we go around, right? And then I got three more reads for you, five, six, and seven. And if they're trying to, if that big defender is is showing and they're real lateral and they're trying to pull you laterally away from the basket, that's okay. That's where, you know, Chris Paul is a master at this. You drag that dribble out and try to pull that big bit with you. Now, if that big is trying to get into a help and recover situation, right, we've just created a lot more space for my teammate who's rolling to be able to get down to the basket, to pop, wherever they, they're trying to do. So I drag that big out. I put them in a, a really tough position. A lot of kids will come off that dribble. They don't, the ball screen, they don't have anything right away and they pick their dribble up and now it's just easy to recover. We don't have anything. Keeping that dribble alive and be able to come around and say, okay, I can't get downhill can't get around, but I'm going to drag this big out with me, pull him out with me is huge, huge, huge. A lot of things open up off of that. And it might even create a switch. And if they do have to switch it, then you can attack that big. Or if they switch big, small, then we can go back inside. We got a mismatch going the other way. So that's really effective as well. Six and seven. And the reason I have this towards the towards the bottom is splitting the screen this could be higher for maybe more college or uh, higher level players but for most of the players i see the split is usually a turnover right their their handle isn't quite to the point in the decision making even more so isn't quite to the point where they think there's a gap there they think they can split it and not somebody gets a hand in it you know balls turn around and it's a turnover but the split is an option if you have the gap to take it and that big becomes unattached, whether it's laterally or vertically off of the ball screen. And then number seven is a rescreen. And the thing about a rescreen is 
especially if the defender's going under that initial screen, we can make the mistake of just switching spots, going back and forth as ball handler, defender goes underneath side to side, nothing happens. And so we have to remember if the defense is going under and we do want to get into a rescreen, it's still my job as the ball handler to try to get that defensive player to a spot, usually a little bit lower because I want my screener to be able to, to pivot, to turn. And so when we do come off the screen the second time, we're in a different position than we were prior. And usually we're in a position that's closer to the basket, a little bit more of a, a threat. And now the big is forced to pay some attention to us. And usually a lot of times on uh, the rescreen, that's when the ball handler can really hit the gas. Because let's say I'm going right off of a ball screen, the big is probably helping a little bit more shading to the right. And then the guard guarding me goes underneath the screen. They're also on the right. So when we rescreen that for that split second, there's nobody going to the left. And so being able to get my defender a little bit lower, my screener pivots. When we get that rescreen in, that's a great option to attack, especially into kind of a mid-range pull-up or driving all the way to, to the basket. So those are a few reads that we can think about from um you know, from the standpoint of especially like drop coverage when we're playing drop drop coverage. Now it's not just the reads of the ball handler, those are more attacking reads. What are some of our passing reads? And so as we set that screen, there's two main passes I can get if my teammate sets the screen is rolling. That's the short roll, that's the pocket pass, or that's more the deep roll and, and that's a high pass. And a lot of that is just based on how is the big guarding guarding off of the ball screen if they're high then we're getting into a deep roll you're throwing it high you don't want to pass that low in that situation catch high keep high they go up in the finish if the defender is guarding the screen screener is a little bit lower and you see that gap that space in between that's the short roll that's your pocket pass they can get it they can shoot it put it on the deck and try to get to the rim and then we can get into the pick and pops as well so those are uh, and you get into the slips and there's so many variations, but those are some of the main ones, right? You got your short roll, you got your deep roll, and then you got your pick and pop. Those would be all to my screener. For the next tier is, okay, what about the rotation? And so let's say it's more of a, a wing type ball screen and we have somebody in the strong side corner. And so as I come off the ball screen going to the middle, a lot of times, even if they're told not to, the player guarding the strong side corner will help a little bit and they'll dig down a little bit on that roller. And so the person in the strong side corner lifts up to the wing and we hit the corner lift. That you, We see that so often at the NBA level, at the college, even, I mean, we see that a lot, right? So with good spacing, and that's a great pass, especially if you're a big guard. And you can pass over top of the defense. You got long arms. You come off that ball screen going right. You see the, the back line defender in the corner is, is helping a little bit. They're tagging a little bit. We bring that defender up to the wing and you just throw kind of that hook pass to your left, driving right. Oh, it's a beautiful thing when, when uh, that connects. If we are driving, let's say left wing going to the middle. So we're driving to our right. And we're looking, let's say we got a, a, a right wing and a right corner on our team. 
where's the weak side help coming from on that spot? And so if I do turn the corner, who's helping? Is it the low man? Is it the high man? Whoever I see getting into rotation, simple, boom, that's the one I pass to. That person can shoot it or it's a help to helper situation. They can swing it and move it, move it from there. So those are some of my passing reads as far as hitting my big, short roll, deep roll, pop or slip. And then I have um, the hitting the lift. And then if I'm getting to the other side, who's the weak side that's going to get into a help situation and I'm looking to hit, hit that play right there. So those are some of my passing reads, but it all comes down into progression. And so as I'm saying all these things, I'm not trying to confuse my kids. I'm saying, hey, let's make this easy. Number one, I'm reading my initial defender. Number two, I'm reading the screener's defender. And then number three, I'm reading the help defense. And those are the three meads that I'm, I'm making. And that's going to help me determine which play I need to make. And, you know, the, I know we're talking more drop uh, coverage because that's just the common coverage to make from, from ball screens. But a lot of these are the same. You know, even if it's more of a hard hedge or kind of a, a, a blitz coming out, I still want to be able to reject the screen. If they're really hedging out, I'm not going to be able to attack downhill right away, but can I get around that big? That's a great time to draw fouls. I mean, officials love calling fouls on the big against the small guard, and they're kind of moving their feet a little bit still. And there's a ball handler, you kind of drop your shoulder into the, the big's hip, and they're still moving out. And that's a foul on them, right? And everybody gets gets upset. Uh, you know, the big's getting into foul trouble. The coach is mad at the big. You know, they're, they're trying to push us out. Instead, we get a foul called on them. Uh, and so that's just a savvy kind of point guard ball handler move to make there. Uh, the split comes back into play if it's a hard hedge and, and they become unattached from the screener. Um, the slip and the roller are really effective there. And we can always get into to the rescreen as well. So those are some good options. If it's a hard hedge or a blitz, I, again, a lot of those are very similar. Defense goes underneath. Defense goes under. We we still have the ability to reject. We still have the ability to shoot. We still have the ability to get around. We still have the ability to rescreen. Rescreens are great when teams go under, and that may even uh, come into play where you know we're reading off of off of a switch. Okay, um, I got into in our presentation a bunch of little tips and tricks that are just a little too hard to explain from a audio standpoint. They're a little bit more visual. Um, and so I'm not going to get into uh, all of those different things, but just a couple takeaways is, are we creating space as we set up the ball screen? We can use that with body dribbles and separation type dribbles. Are we teaching our kids the correct attack and pass reads? Or we're just saying, hey, come off the ball screen tight and be aggressive. Well, what does that mean? Like you come off the ball screen and be slow and it's still being aggressive. Right? If, if you're making the right reads and we've taught them how to set up the screen, come off the screen, and what are the reads that they need to look for? And you just break it down from one, two, three. You, know, you, you obviously need to set up your defender. We're reading the screener's defender, and then we're reading the help. And then you can go through some of those progressions that I've, I've talked about previously on how we can look to attack, whether that's some of my roller reads or whether that's coming off to shoot, to drive, to get around, 
okay, we don't have any of those. Can we drag the big out, see if we can get a switch or, or some type of isolation, make them have to help them recover from a longer distance. And then we move the basketball to the help and, and we're playing basketball, right? We want to make sure that from an alignment standpoint, we're not letting the on-ball defender blow up the screen because everything's gone from there many times. You know, you can change the angle of the screen and, and, and fight it back into a rescreen. Um, but if you wanted to come off from that spot, got to do a better job. Bottom foot of the ball handler below the top foot of the screener. Like I said, almost like you're going to run into your screener. And then on that last step, we can get outside. And if we're a threat to reject, it makes it a heck of a lot harder for us to reject the screen. And we haven't talked a lot about icing ball screens, attacking the ice on this one. Um, boy, I, I, when I was playing overseas, everybody iced the ball screens. And so it was it was just normal to attack and off of, of an ice. We still use ball screens a ton. One thing that I think players can do more, and they are doing it more, and coaches are doing it more, is getting into the handoff. So, you know, if I'm bringing the basketball down on the left wing, defensive team is getting ready to ice that screen, and I don't know, feel comfortable trying to come off to the middle of that screen. If I pass it to my screener, now nobody's guarding the person who caught it. So they could shoot it if they're a shooter, right? I can even dribble into the gap to draw that ice big and then I can kick it over to them so they could shoot it if they're a shooter. But what that does is it's going to flip the defense. And so once I passed it to my big, who who is my ball screener, my defense is going to flip into a little bit more of a normal defensive rotation and setup. And now I can sprint off of my big, they can hand it off to me. And it's just like we did a ball screen anyway, right? It was just more of a hit and get uh, type situation there. And I think from a high school standpoint, at least that's something that you can use more often. I don't see it uh, a ton, but you know, it's, it's super, super easy when it comes to um, going against the ice, kids will get confused and kind of overwhelmed. And, and that's just the easy way. Take a dribble down, occupy your ice defender, occupy the big who's protecting, flip it over to the big and then sprint off the big into a handoff boom, you might even be more open than, you know, if it was a nice connect on the ball screen anyway. So that's a little bit of some of the things that we talked about. We had some great conversation. Uh, Coach Archer, who's at SC4, um, JUCO, he's going to do a, an interview with us later this month on some ball screens and how they run it within their offense. He runs some great stuff. And I mean, he's a, he's an expert with ball screens. I mean, he's He's using that stuff every day with his college team. So we're going to have him. We got some awesome interviews set up. If you like what we're about, you know, positive rating review goes a really long way. That's one of the best ways that you can support uh, the Coach's Edge, Coach's Edge podcast. You know, we're just over two and a half years strong on the Coach's Edge. We've had some awesome interviews, awesome episodes, and, and we're not stopping anytime soon. But your support, uh, knowing you're listening, positive rating review goes a really long way. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Reach out, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Follow us on Twitter. My personal one is at KramerBball. And our Coach's Edge account is at Coach's Edge One. And uh, we'd be happy to, you know, connect with you, see if there's anything we can do to help you out, whether that's with our membership site, which is an awesome, exciting time of year with our members watching game film, talking basketball season, and uh, or anything else moving forward, whether that's bringing a camp to you and, and all that good stuff. And 
once again, I just want to shout out Coach DeMont, winningest coach in girls basketball history for the state of Michigan. What an awesome, awesome accomplishment. And uh, we're definitely proud of you, Coach. And thank you for being a part of our membership at coachesedge.coach. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, get after today.